Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 28, 2013. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are at page XVI, paragraph 1, prior to his journey to Akron. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Diane G. 12 Traditions, Sarah W. Readers of the text of the Big Book, Katie F. Rick B. Lisa Renee. The reference number for yesterday, which is when, was Wednesday, November 27, 2013, 5533. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane from New Hampshire. Grateful to be here this morning. Happy Thanksgiving. One, uh, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Diane. I will now ask Sarah W. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everybody. My name is Sarah, and I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive reader. Here are the 12 traditions. One, a common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. 
A loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sarah. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions to the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XCI, paragraph 1, and I will ask KDF to begin reading. Good morning. This is Katie, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Virginia. Prior to his journey to Akron, the broker had worked hard with many alcoholics on the theory that only an alcoholic could help an alcoholic. But he had only succeeded. But he had <clears throat> sorry. But he had succeeded only in keeping sober himself. The broker had gone to Akron on a business venture, which had collapsed, leaving him greatly in fear that he might start drinking again. He suddenly realized that in order to save himself, he must carry this message to another alcoholic. That alcoholic turned out to be the Akron physician. Of course, this is talking about Dr. Bill, Dr. Bill, about Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob. Um, and you know, 
have you given up and, and, and not um, thought, you know, gone into the bar instead of gone, going to the directory and uh, ending up finding Dr. Bob? I mean, it's just staggering to think what would have happened. But, you know, I have shared my recovery with I don't know how many people. But I can't say that I don't know how many people have recovered as a result of that. My job Can you hear me? I can, yeah, Kitty. Okay. The guy started talking. Um okay, anyway, I just know that our job is to carry the message and to continue to carry the message and I'm not responsible for who gets recovered as a result of that. Uh, as, you know, at this time of year, today in particular, that is a huge thing for me to remember as I am with family members who, you know, one at one point they were all abstinent and now they're not, you know, and I'm, do I, you know, wag my finger at them? Do I, uh, you know, <laughs> scream and stand on top of the table and, Tell them to put the fork down? No. I have to just be the message in my life by staying abstinent and doing what I have been doing for the last 26 years. This is my 27th abstinent um, Thanksgiving. And, you know, I couldn't do it if I was relying on everyone else's recovery. I am relying on my own recovery and what God is telling me to do today which is to do the next right thing, um, regardless of what's going on around me. And with that, I pass. This is Judy. Uh, Melanie, we can't hear you. Judy, go ahead, please. Oh, thank you, Ray. Good morning, vision for you. This is Judy F. from Massachusetts. Um, I am a compulsive overeater, recovered, and so grateful to be here on Thanksgiving, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Yeah, this this paragraph, um, in my experience, uh, there's been many people that I've um, tried to carry the message to that um, didn't uh, didn't follow direction or for some reason wasn't ready, um, and and at times I would be, wow, am I, what am I doing? And realizing um, I mean, right now I'm, I'm in a place where I have seven sponsees and they're all doing so well and, and they're able to carry, some of them have been gone through the steps and they're able to carry the message. And But the important thing I know for me is that I need to do this for my recovery for my connection with God, because when I'm in the steps working with another compulsive overeater, I need to be hearing everything that I'm 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 explaining to them, or that I'm sharing my experience over and over, and that over and over I'm in the steps and I'm gaining a, a greater greater depth um, of my conviction for for God and um, for the, on what I need to do, it keeps me working, my 10, 11, and 12. Um, I learn so much from other compulsive overeaters, and it's, it's not 
it really is about God. I just show up and and express what I have learned and give my experience and the directions I was given, I, I give to others, and the outcome is in God's hands. And sometimes I remember one time, five years after I'd worked with a woman who had went back out, she came up to me at a meeting and, and she said, you know, you planted a seed. And, and then she had been, um, she had just gone through the steps, was recovered and, and had been abstinent for a while. And so we never know how we're going to help others. That's really not my concern. My concern is that I just keep showing up asking God for help to carry the message, the message of hope, the me- this message of depth and weight that I have received through this big book and to give the direction and to give my experience and encouragement. And, that's, um, and that has kept me sober and abstinent over 22 years, and I am so grateful for that. And, and it works. It, I don't know why. A lot of things I don't know why work that I've been directed to do, um, but it does. And I'm just so grateful for another abstinence uh, Thanksgiving, and it's the grace and mercy of God and, um, and you folks, too, um, that we can support one another. And then you all have an abstinent, grateful Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Anyone else want to uh, come Would anyone else like to share on that paragraph? This is Paula. May I share? Good morning, Paula. Good morning, Melanie. This would be Paula, recovered compulsory eater, and I'd like to go to this line. He suddenly, all at once, realized to impress on the mind as a reality. That's what it realized means. You see it even in the word that in order to save himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic. There's no if, ands, or buts. This is what you must do, whether you feel like it or not. And yet, there's no must now. I want to. There's a transformation. Today, a day of thanksgiving. Oh, turn it around, giving thanks. Either way, I'm in the same place. But this is what he knew. That alcoholic turned out to be the acrid physician. You don't know. Only God does. And look what this spark did. And we read about that spark just a page before. That spark that was to flare into the first AA group was struck in Akron, Ohio in June 1935, during a talk between a New York stockbroker and an Akron physician. So we continue. We never know. There it is in God's hands. We do our small part. And thank you for allowing me to do that. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Who else would like to share on that paragraph? This is Janice. This is Amy. Leah. I hear I hear Janice, Amy, and Leah. Thank you. Janice first? Yes, good morning. What a group. Yes, my name is Janice. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, it says, you know, it, it, I can relate this to us. He goes to a place, and, um, you know, he's defeated. He, he's, he's upset, you know. His, his work isn't going well. And, you know, he worked, he worked hard 
and that's a, that's a good work because that's a good word to remember because as a recovered compulsive overeater, yes, working with another um, newy um, new protege is hard work. It's extensive work, but that extensive work points back to me as it keeps me in recovery. And the only purpose, my job description now today, as it tells us in working with others, is to be of help to another compulsive overeater. I'm in a place now where I can be maximum helpful to another person. And, but in turn, I'm really helping myself because my job description does not say you must give the results to the new person coming in. That's God's job. My job is to, to give my experience, strength, and hope and guide that person through the steps so that that person can find a relationship with God to give them the results. And, you know, I, when I was a, a, young, um, a young sponsee, sponsor, I used to think it was my job to get them well. That's not my job. I couldn't even get myself well. So with that... We must carry this message in order for us to stay alive. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Amy? Good morning. My name is Amy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? I can, loud and clear. Good morning, Amy. Oh, good morning. Thank you. He suddenly realized that in order to carry himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic. You know, the saying in the rooms is that you can carry the message but not carry the alcohol, you know, not carry the compulsive overeater to carry the message only and leave the results up to God. And as others have said, that's all that we are called to do as recovered folk is to carry the message, to be the vehicle of God's message, this message, this program of recovery that works. It says here on page 89, working with others, that first paragraph is so powerful Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. Insure. It's taking out insurance against relapse. That's what they mean. Insure immunity from drinking or compulsive overeating as intensive work with other alcoholics. It's work. It's not making them recovered. It's not carrying the compulsive overeater. It's working, carrying Whose message? The message of this program, my story of recovery, and the message of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous to the still suffering uh, compulsive overeater. And one other thing I wanted to note is it says here the broker had gone to Akron on a business venture which had collapsed, leaving him in greatly leaving him greatly in fear that he might start drinking again. What an awesome thing that we see here. You know, Bill had this spiritual experience, and now he sees that he's worked with other folks. They haven't gotten better, but he realizes it's kept him sober, and he realizes when, he, you know, he's, this business venture had gone down that he's in greatly in fear that he would start drinking again. Talk about being restored to sanity, to even have the knowledge to know, wow, I'm in trouble here. I need to get something done. I need to go work with, again, another alcoholic to stay sober because he knew. He had a theory. He already had a theory in his mind that in order to stay sober himself, he had to work with someone else. He had to work with another suffering alcoholic. To me, that is just amazing that the clarity of thinking that comes when once we become sanity and we become sane in this program. 
And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. Leah, you're next. Thank you so much for your service, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I, too, wanted to uh, speak on that same statement that uh, Amy just spoke about. He suddenly realized that in order to save himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic. How was he able to realize that? He was able to realize that because he was recovered. He had been restored to sanity. What does insane mean? Insane means you can't see the truth. Your mind is less than whole. You're foolish. You make decisions based on a lie. That's what insanity means. But Bill, at this point, he had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. He had recovered through a spiritual experience, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. He had been restored. God had restored his mind. What does sane mean? Sane means wholeness of mind, a mind that can see the truth, a mind that can make decisions based on the truth. Bill could make a decision based on his truth, and his truth is that he has a disability, and his disability is a twofold illness, allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. He had restored to sanity. He could see this. Therefore, he had a choice. He had an opportunity through God's power to make a choice, and a choice he did. He turned away from that chatter and conviviality and companionship in that bar room and made a decision to walk down the hall to the phone booth, and he pursued an opportunity to carry the message like he used to pursue the drink. It took him 10 phone calls to pursue Dr. Bob. But he did that. He was in pursuit because he, he um, had been restored again, restored to sanity. He had been given a choice. And Bill didn't really go over there to sober up Dr. Bob, obviously, although indeed that's what happened. Bill Wilson went over there to keep Bill Wilson from getting drunk. You know, and that's exactly, um, you know, what we have the opportunity to do. Our stability comes out of trying to give, trying to carry this message, not demanding that we receive. My book tells me we are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent. It's dependent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. And that's exactly what we see here. But it's all because Bill was recovered. His sanity had been restored to him, not through his own efforts, but through the grace of God and willingness. A beautiful dance. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Delaware. I didn't hear the names. I heard somebody from Delaware, but somebody just before that. Zeldy. Zeldy, hi. And then the woman from Delaware? It's Dawn from Delaware. Thank thank you. Zeldy and then Dawn. Hi, good morning. It's Zeldy from uh, New Jersey. Thank you so much uh, for doing service and for this wonderful meeting. 
really resonated with me, um, this version here. The broker had gone to Akron on a business venture which had collapsed, leaving him greatly in fear that he might start drinking again. And, um, you know, with the holidays coming and having to be with my family, um, you know, that's a trigger for me. Um, that's like my business venture collapsing. My, you know, it triggers my inner child. And, you know, in, I can be in many, many triggering situations, but when it comes to my family of origin, um, it can be very triggering. Um, however, I do love them, and I make a choice to be there. However, um, I also make it, you know, it, it's not an excuse to lose my abstinence. Um, over that, I can remember, you know, the first three steps. I can't, he can, he can, and, and, and I should let him. And I have to believe that God can restore me to sin. And when I have that faith, my faith is so much more powerful than, than me allowing myself to be triggered by my family. Um, and I have to remember that when, you know, I'm there. Um, I need to remember that God is there. God is hugging me and, and at that moment. God is with me. God is um, riding the tide with me. Um, and and then it says here, which is an excellent remedy. He suddenly realized that in order to save himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic. I will pause and make a phone call. Um, especially to a newcomer. And that will give me strength, um, you know, not to not to, to be sit with my, you know, with my vulnerability, you know, and, and, and to feel like a victim, but to do God's will, not mine. And... Um, and by by doing God's will, I inspire myself, and and I continue to see that when I overcome this mountain, it gives me the strength to overcome more mountains in the future. So thank you so much for allowing me to share my past. Thank you, Zelda. Don, you're next. Thank you so much. I'm thankful this morning um, for. Uh, your service and um, for this meeting and so thankful for the beautiful voices that I hear sharing every day and this paragraph is very important to me Um, and I read uh, one of the sentences here Um, in order to save myself I must carry my message to another alcoholic Um, this allows me to share the miracle of my life, um, to never forget the degradation that I was in, and telling my story, sharing the miracle of uh, my spiritual experience um, and of this program um, and a relationship with my higher power with someone who uh, is struggling still, um, who may not know the answer, who may not know um, that this is a disease um, and there is a solution for it. 
and sharing it, uh, working with people, um, keeps me ever mindful of that uh, rat hole I was in. And I am grateful for that and the opportunity uh, to share. And thanks for listening this morning. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Don. We're getting ready to move on. Would anyone like to share just before we do? Share. Good morning, Melanie. This is Bella. Can I share? I heard someone just before you, Bella, a gentleman. That was Bob. Hi, Tom. You first and then Bella. Thank you. I'm Bob, a compulsive overeater. I am very very grateful to uh, be on this line this morning, and I'm here because uh, when I wrote my letter to God and he wrote back to me, he said, you need to do something this morning differently, and that's why I'm on. Um, I am uh, I am grieving over the loss of my brother in the last couple of weeks. Um, I am so grateful that I had a year to say goodbye to him. So I have very mixed emotions, but I do know that uh, today is going to be a challenging day uh, in terms of the food, and my food has been off, particularly my volume of food. Um, and in carrying the message, I guess, that uh, I got in this paragraph this morning, it's, um, you know, that I'm just a vehicle uh, for God. Um, every gift that God gives to me, um, he asked me to pass that on. And one of the gifts that God's given to me is this OA program. Um, and that's something that I can't uh, keep. I need to give it away in order to stay abstinent. Uh, I'm grateful for the awareness of that today, and I'm grateful to, for everyone who shared this morning. Um, and uh, I am feeling vulnerable, uh, but I feel strength as I hear people open up and share. And uh, it is um, heartwarming to me to have a fellowship where I can come and get the help. But I wouldn't have been here this morning if it hadn't been for my communication with God and uh with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Bob. Bella, you're next. Good morning. Thank you, Melanie. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recover compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line, and happy Thanksgiving. Um, prior to his journey, I have to remember what is the purpose of this program? And I have to remember that the first thing, I am powerless. I am powerless over food. I am powerless over other people. I am powerless of everything. I have only one power to choose, to do, to, to, to choose the best choice one day at a time. And it's connected to God. God, please help me to choose the best choice each time. I am responsible for myself only. I can take responsible only of myself. But here I have to, by being connected to God, I have to remember that one of my responsibilities is to carry over my new life, my new example, my new attitude. I am not responsible of over the outcomings. I am not responsible if other people will get recovery or not. But my responsible my responsibility is to to be there for other people, to listen to them, to to understand them as much as I can and to 
to, to share with them my experience, my hope, my, my ideas. But if they are recovered or not, God will help them like he helps me. And it's again the, the reminder, we don't have control. This is one of my character defects. It's, I want to have control of other people. No, not anymore. I am not in control. I, I cannot force other people to be recovered like I am recovered. Thank God God was with me and God is with me. I, I am ready to share my experience with other people but, and to pray for them that they should be recovered. But it doesn't mean nothing about me if they are recovered or not. And my recovery is based on my helping other people. To be there, to be an open-minded and not to be self-centered, not to be selfish, not to keep my recovery only for myself, to, to be there for other people, but not to be responsible for them. Thank you very much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And now we will move on. Rick, would you please read the next paragraph? Good morning. This is Rick, a recovered compulsive overeater. This physician had repeatedly tried spiritual means to resolve his alcoholic dilemma, but had failed. But when the broker gave him Dr. Silkworth's description of alcoholism and its hopelessness, the physician began to pursue the spiritual remedy for his malady with the willingness he had never been before able to muster. He sobered never to drink again, up to the movement, the moment of his death in 1950. This seemed to prove that one alcoholic could affect another as no non-alcoholic could. It also indicated that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another, was vital to permanent recovery. Well, here we have Dr. Bob meeting up with Bill and uh, a little you know, a year or two prior to their meeting, Bob had hooked up with the Oxford Group and was trying to use the Oxford Group as a spiritual remedy for his alcoholism. And it, it didn't work. And Bill also uh, was, at that time, for the past six months, he was putting a lot of effort into his evangelizing and um, talking about uh, spiritual means which Silkworth kind of told him that he should talk more about the hopelessness and talk more about his alcoholism. Well, when these two guys got together, that was it. They realized that there was more to it than just that spiritual remedy, that they had to share their, their problems with one another in order to solve their problem. And I think uh, I, I, I loved reading this today because it reminded me of um, some people that I've met recently who uh, are very much into uh, spirituality and very religious, and they are hope, hoping to use that to solve their, their eating problem, and some of them with drinking problems too, and they're not exactly successful. And when I talk to them about Overeaters Anonymous and the program in the big book, 
they're a little bit skeptical because they they believe that they're all set in the religious department and the spiritual department, and they don't understand that um, this program could give them a deeper relationship with God and a, a different relationship with God, and that's and they don't understand that it takes one compulsive eater talking to another one to to kind of finalize the formula for recovery. So it's it, by seeing that Bob tried spiritual means and Bill was going overboard on the spirituality, uh, it gives me hope to keep up talking to these people and let them know that there's another piece to the puzzle. And the other piece to the puzzle is one one-on-one consultation with another fellow sufferer. And by by doing that and by following this program, a relationship with God can be uh, enhanced. It's not that everybody um, finds God through working these steps. That was the case for me. But I know many religious people that couldn't solve their their eating problems. I shouldn't say many. I have a couple in mind in particular. And by working the steps, they developed a different and a new and a deeper relationship with God. And that's an important important thing to uh, keep in mind. That sometimes the steps are a wake up call to find God, which was was the case with me. And sometimes the steps are a way to enhance a relationship with God. Either way, um, it, the, the steps are the, are the foundation to finding that new relationship, whether it be already there and just needing a little bit of a tweak or whether, as with Bob, Bob was, was pursuing a spiritual means or whether there was no no spirituality at all. So there's many different ways that people come to the program. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you have a relationship with God or you don't. The steps are the solution, and they are the answer. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rick. Who would like to comment on what was read? This is Janice. This is Kim. Hi, good morning, Janice. Good. And then Tim. Yeah, good morning again, uh, Melanie, and happy Thanksgiving to all. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Yes, um, I liked what, um, what was said. However, for me, the difference here is, the real bottom line is, the biggest difference without, you know, the spirituality or the action plan is, Bill brought by his talking to Bob, Bill brought to Bob what the problem was that was the missing piece here he had the the oxford group and he had the action plan he didn't apply it because he didn't have the problem and if we don't know what if i didn't know what my real problem was that it wasn't moral that i wasn't uh weak-willed or i wasn't uh, i didn't have a backbone um what's the matter with me see dr silkworth brought to bill what the problem was. So then Bill could could uh, relate it and carry the message to Dr. Bob. 
So what was the problem he was talking about? He's talking about the problem of alcoholism, the disease of alcoholism, the disease of compulsive overeating, and the hopelessness that I'm hopeless. I'm, I'm no match for this disease because I have a, a physical allergy to some substance, a physical allergy of my body. I'm different. I'm never, I was never normal with food, with certain substance, abnormality. I have a reaction in my body. That's the allergy. And that's fine. So when I start, I, you know, whether it's one, it goes to two, it goes to three, and I'm off and running. But then when I'm stopped, that's the secret. See, he brought the problem. There's the hopelessness. There's the, um, the, that when I'm stopped, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about it. And it's so powerful, and, and, and I'm powerless against that thought, and that's the real problem, and I pick up again. If we know the problem, then we get the solution, and then we can use an action plan. That's what Bob, that's what Bill brought to Bob. That's the message. The problem first, then talk about, you know, the spirituality and, uh, and what we have to do about it. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Kim, you're next. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Rick and Janice have done such a great job. I'm just going to touch on that and then move to another sentence. It says, Dr. Silkworth's description of alcoholism and its hopelessness. And just like Janice and Rick were saying, you know, Bob was exposed to the solution, but that was not enough. You know, my mother came into OA when I was 11 years old, so I had been exposed to the 12 steps from a young age. That was not enough. You know, I came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous and for years raised my hand and said, I am a compulsive overeater, meaning I am fat and I no longer want to be fat, and came in and out of the rooms with physical success of losing weight and staying abstinent, but always going back to the food. And that is because Dr. Silkworth's description of compulsive overeating, of alcoholism, was not taught in the room. I really thought my problem was that I was fat. And the fact is, in this society of fast food restaurants and TV and people being sedentary, there's a lot of fat people in the United States. It doesn't mean they're all compulsive overeaters. This is a specific diagnosis. And when I was taught that specific diagnosis, when I was taught that I have this allergy of the body, that physiologically I am different from other people, that if I ingest certain substances, that that feeling of craving is going to intensify and never satisfy. That means I have a permanent disability and will never be able to ingest those foods safely. And even more dastardly, I have this obsession of the mind that regardless if I have that willpower to keep down the food, my mind is going to tell me this time will be different. Tim, you just need to take the edge off. Your in-laws are coming over for Thanksgiving. You need to get the edge off or you're not going to get through this day. Or you're with your family. It is a time to celebrate. How can you not participate in the celebration of Thanksgiving, which always meant the food? And when I understood that specific diagnosis, it was only then that I was able to pursue this spiritual remedy of the 12 steps with a willingness I had never been able to muster in the 17 years that I went in and out of the fellowship. 
So it didn't matter how many times I was told about the 12 steps. It didn't matter how many times I half-heartedly did a fourth step or half-heartedly went out and made amends. Until I understood, until I fully conceded to the depths of my soul of not only understanding what a compulsive overeater was or is, but recognize that I was one of them, I was not able to do the steps. I could believe in a higher power with all my might, but I could not get access to that higher power until I submitted to the, to the solution with the desperation I did when I understood what I was suffering from. And I'm just going to highlight that last sentence. It is also indicated that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another, was vital to permanent recovery. We are being told, once again, we can have permanent recovery. I no longer am tortured by the food. The miracle today is not that I am strong enough to resist the food on Thanksgiving. The miracle is I don't want my binge foods on Thanksgiving. I used to call it Turkey Day, and that was, I don't think I understood how clarifying that was about what this holiday was. Now I call it Thanksgiving because it's a day of gratitude. And I have to do strenuous work. I, there are two main reasons I see people go back into the food after they've thoroughly done these steps. One is they use 10-11 as a panic button and only do it when they're really in a lot of trouble. They don't make it a part of their permanent recovery. And the second is they stop working with people. Maybe they have a couple sponsees and they've all become girlfriends because they've worked the steps and they're not working in the book anymore but they're no longer carrying this message to newcomers. They're no longer doing that strenuous work. So today, as a recovered person, I understand that it is indicated that strenuous work with one alcoholic to another is vital, vital to my permanent recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Who else would like to comment on what was read? Elaine? This is Hi, Elaine. Elaine and Ben Sharon. Thank you. Hi, this is Elaine, recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And I am the person that repeatedly tried spiritual means to resolve my dilemma but failed. I had a spiritual experience in 1986 and was immediately set free from cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, and uh, sexual behavior that was very high risk. And it, it was a complete transformation. I was a different person. It was just gone. But at that time, I picked up the food. And it wasn't long before I had gained 100 pounds. And um, I remember somebody telling me, I wonder who you are under all of that. Well, 16 years later, I ended up marrying him, and uh, we're just beginning to see it now because even though I was in the rooms of OA, um, you know, and I would often say that, uh, you know, I was grateful. I'm grateful for the many things I learned in my nine years in the rooms of OA before coming to, before going back out into the food and coming into a vision for you and learning about what the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind really meant. Because I said, oh, this is God's way of keeping me close to him, of having me walk arm in arm. But I was slowly, you know, I was trying to work the steps. I saw that's where the recovery was. But I spent six years, you know, in a couple different methods and a couple different sponsors. And 
it, 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 at info, there's a PDF you can download, and it said there's many ways to do the steps, and they're all good, but if it's not working for you, give this method a try which is what I'm so grateful that I did. When early on I read that there is an allergy in the body, I looked up the definition of allergy, and it said an uncommon reaction. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have an uncommon reaction to food. I never learned, never heard that if I put that substance in my body, I was going to want to crave it again and again and again. I just thought I was a person who didn't want one M&M. I wanted a, you know, 10-pound bag. I wasn't a person who wanted a date with Joe Smith. I wanted a date with Ben and Jerry. And um, I just thought I had an uncommon reaction to food. And it wasn't even until I came into these rooms that I learned about the obsession of the mind, the true nature of my illness. I thought it was a threefold um, disease, spiritual, emotional, and um, physical. But I, I, I learned. And I came to these rooms with such a willingness after going back out into the food for about eight months and knowing that, um, you know, God had a solution for me, but I wasn't finding it on my own. I thought I'd find it on my own with God. I tried in a way it wasn't working. I tried working the steps. It wasn't working. So on my knees, I came back 40, uh, 90 meetings in 90 days and went into AA rooms. I went in anywhere I could find. And halfway through that, on the 45th day, I was given the number for a vision for you. And um, here it is now, I don't know how many months, four or five months. I am so amazed at the spiritual awakening that I have found through the process of doing what this book says with the help of a sponsor that guided me through these steps. And... um, I I can't believe this Thanksgiving is so different than anything else. I have been texting gratitude to people. I had a fear of people that I didn't even know was there. I had an insecurity that that has left. I had such a self-focus. I was thinking about my food, bagging up food, planning menus. You know, um, that's what this holiday was all about. And this year it's like, I don't even care what I'm going to eat. I probably won't even whatever. That doesn't even matter. What what today is all about is expressing my gratitude, my gratitude to God, my gratitude to people, my gratitude for this program. And I'm glad we have a gratitude meeting afterwards. But what I realized is that the, the end of this paragraph is it's indicated that strenuous work one, with one alcoholic and um, with another is vital to permanent recovery. I have to take your word for it. I had to take your word coming in that I had an allergy. I had to take your word that I have an obsession of the mind. I had to take your word if I did this step, I'd be relieved. And now I know I have to take your word that strenuous work with others is the key to my continuing and keeping fit spiritual condition. Fit spiritual condition. So thank you so much, A Vision, for you and all that are sharing. With that, I pass. Thank, thank you, Elaine. Sharon H., it's your turn. Thank you, Melanie. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Good morning. Okay, thanks. Thank you, all of you, for your service on this line. You recovered uh, compulsive overeaters, and today I can also share that I am a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And I just wanted to... Um, read again in this paragraph because it was the one in the doctor's opinion that just shined the light into my heart and my mind that I had been unable to, um, there was just a disconnect. Um, 
So the broker gave him Dr. Silkworth's description of alcoholism and its hopelessness. The physician began to pursue the spiritual remedy for his malady with a willingness he had never before been able to muster. And that was me in this program of uh, Overeaters Anonymous. He sobered never to drink again up to the moment of his death in 1950. And today, by God's grace, I do have the uh, just a little over six months of abstinence and I am working with other uh, sponsees today doing that strenuous work that was given to me by my recovered sponsor in this program. And I am so grateful for that. And I, that was the disconnect that I missed, even though I had believed it so strongly in another um, area of my life regarding um, a substance, but I could not somehow connect it onto this one. And so I am so grateful, I am so grateful that I began listening to this meeting and they were in the doctor's opinion, which I had never ever heard that shared or gone to a book study or anything that that was where they began in the book uh, with uh, OA. And, um, you know, I, I am just so grateful today. I can't even explain it, but that was the disconnect I missed, that I was suffering from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body and that I had to see uh, to the core of my being the grave nature of my disease and then by uh, being willing to follow these steps and follow this book just like it's outlined and do the steps in this book just like they're outlined, I have been given this freedom that I never thought was going to be um, possible for me in regards to this food addiction. And so I am so grateful to God and to each one of you that I celebrate this Thanksgiving with such hope in my heart and such gratitude. And I, I uh, just reach out to all of you on the line to keep coming back and follow it the way it's laid out in the book. And this recovery is available to each and every one of us. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. We have time for a short, perhaps one-minute share before the meeting closes. Would anyone like to comment on what was read in that minute? Monica? Esther from Philadelphia. I hear Monica. Thank you. You can take that minute if you would, please. Okay. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. So here, when the broker gave Dr. Silkworth description of alcoholism and its hopelessness, so here was the missing ingredient that Dr. Bob did not have, and he was a medical doctor, and he didn't know this, that he had a disease, a disease, and it was an allergy part of it. And what he learned from this was he had to put the alcohol down. Because he'd already been involved with the Oxford groups for two, two and a half years. And he, this man wanted to be sober. And every week he'd go to the meeting, and every week he'd get drunk again. And so Bill gave him the other ingredient, the other key, the other information that was missing here for recovery. You've got to put the stuff down. You've got to identify the binge foods and put it down and pick up the spiritual toolkits and take these steps out of that nasty pit to recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. And this meeting does close at 7.55 a.m. Eastern Time, and it is that time. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Lisa Renee please read A Vision 
for you. Our book is meant to be suggested only. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Lisa Renee Lisa Renee, we are unable to hear you. You're breaking up or sounding like you're underwater. Can I get Crystal then to please read A Vision for You, page 164? Good morning. This is Crystal, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. I pass.